1: Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network podcast. Today, I have the distinct pleasure sitting down with Casey Patterson. Casey is a four-time Emmy and two-time PGA Awards nominated executive producer. um, And she heads Casey Patterson Entertainment, a full service production company producing content, live events, and talent-driven series and specials. Casey served as lead executive producer of Vax Live, which was co-chaired by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and produced and directed Loretta Loretta Lynn's star-studded tribute celebration. In addition to things like lip sync battle, a very murray Christmas, uh, the MTV Movie and TV Awards, the Comedy Awards, the Concert of the Century at the White House, Saturday Night Live 25th Anniversary Special, Vogue Fashion Awards, VH1's Divas Live, NBC's Concert for America, and many, many more. Maybe you've heard of one or two of those things, and that's probably why you're tuning in to this episode. Casey, I'm super excited to bring you on the show and chat for a second. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. That that bio was was exhausted. I'm exhausted all over again.
0: <laughs> well, hey, uh, congrats on all the success that you've already been seeing. Uh, you deserve every single bit of it. I want to talk a little bit, build some context for those that are listening and uh, and let them get to know you a little bit better. So um, if we can rewind the clock here, Casey, talk to us about what it was like, you know, 13, 14 year old Casey, what were you up to back then? Where'd you grow up? What was your family life like? And we'll jump into a couple of things that you're working on right now.
2: I was, well, as it relates to my career though, that, that time period is it was, was pretty critical and formative around let's say 14, 15 I was that kid going home after school watching MTV. I was most definitely the I want my MTV generation, which Mm. really moved me in a way into the sort of exact path that I ended up following. I remember going home with my friends after school and sort of being drawn to the pop culture. It was the first time that a network was speaking directly to teens. Mm. You know, it was really amazing that you were sort of like a Disney kid or you watched children's television. And then you sort of graduated to family television with your family, but there was nothing that sort of spoke to that moment in time, that coming of age on television. So it spoke to me. I was there for the pop culture for sure. But I think the thing that resonated most was that they did this masterful job of blending it with a social consciousness. So it felt more like a movement just in watching MTV. I felt like yeah, it speaks to me, these are the artists that I want to see and these are the stories that I want to hear about them and they gave me all the things that I needed to feel cool and of the moment and things to talk about with my friends and emulate, but they also were doing things, they were also sending us um, messages, like real messages about things that were going on in the world that we should care about, things like rock the vote or choose or lose, live aid, live earth, there's a social consciousness Baked into that brand that really made me feel like I was, I was watching for the content, but I felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself. And I think it though in those early formative years, I I understood. That's my first real looking back. It's my understanding, my, my, my real, the real context for understanding what a good brand really is. And that is to stand for something bigger than just the product.
0: Hmm. Was this something that you think was unique to you where you grew up? You were in like Florida, is that right? Growing up?
2: I was born in Florida, but then I was raised, my mom remarried an English gentleman when I was really young. So I was raised primarily between, uh, from that point between St. Croix and England, and the I Want My MTV years were in the Caribbean and St. Croix. So we were, I think it's probably why it was all the more important. The island, uh, St. Croix is I think seven miles long and 14 miles wide. (laughs) So you were on a rock in the middle of the like, no concerts are coming to you. Movies are coming to you months (laughs) late. Uh, I think all my, I think the daytime soaps in the US were our prime time viewing there was one station um yeah. but thank god you know we we somehow found our way to MTV and that was really like it was a it was a hearth for us
0: yeah sure how how cool is it for you to be able to kind of grow up watching that and then to be able to kind of almost basically start your career as a as a talent booker over at MTV
2: i did i that was um that was just the goal it spoke to me then and i knew then and there that I, I wasn't. Yeah, I knew then and there that I that that was you know above and beyond. I knew that I wanted to be in entertainment. I just wanted. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew that I wanted to duplicate that feeling of being mm-hmm. moved yeah. by con- by content, and that and that feeling of. I understood then without being able to articulate it, just the, just the idea that it was a way it's something that we could all come together around. Yeah. Right. It was a point of discussion It informed our, you know, the way that we dress It informed the way the nomenclature and the way that we spoke. And it was just, um, yeah, it was pretty incredible. So I, I knew then and there that that would be the dream. And I, Sort of, um, yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty. The it was pretty much the only thing I wanted to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that they let me in the door. And I, I did start in the talent department. John Sykes gave me my first job uh, at MTV Networks. I was in the talent department. Um, I was an assistant to the head of the department, and then pretty quickly worked my way up to like a junior booker, and then a booker, and then ran the department. Um, and I think it, it became pretty clear. There wasn't really a path for talent bookers to to move into production. Hmm. It really was like, if you were on that talent booking path, that's what you were,
0: Yeah, you right.
2: know, that you were sort of, you were sort of boxed in, but it became really clear. And especially in that environment that these shows, the, you know, MTV networks was so known for tentpole events, right. Movie awards and VMAs and EMAs and all of those other sort of big one-off events that I mentioned, or even like spring break and those All of those shows, everything was talent driven and the talent bookers I noticed pretty early on, you know, whether it was acknowledged or not, were the most important voice in the room because all you're doing is trying to build this platform, this hour or this two hours that talent will say yes to, that feel organic and of the culture in in such a way that talent wants to join you and wants to be a part of it. And, And the good ones, they feel like it's part of them. You know, the early days of the VMAs were very much like that. That was, that was music's night out. The artists took ownership over that show, Um, really felt like it was them and represented them well. So I was able, I I sort of saw that early on and I was encouraged within that company to grow. And there there really, there, there wasn't a lot of that happening at the time. And I'm so thankful to them that they recognized that and would give me sort of more authority show by show in building those formats with them and building them for bespoke for the talent community. And the more sort of success we had, eventually I was able to sort of take over executive producer shows and then take over live event production and film studio relations. Um, It was a really fantastic path for me.
0: Why and how did you make the transition from, you know, talent development? In in your words, you know, there wasn't a lot of room for, you know, bridging that gap between talent booking and and producing, but uh, but you you managed to do it. And you managed to do it at a very high level. Uh, why why was that the path that you ended up going down? And how do you think you were able to make that leap when there were a lot of other people who couldn't?
2: I think I was able to make that leap because I was working I was working in a com- in a company and in a culture that really valued the voice of the demographic. So Judy McGrath was a rare female leader at MTV Networks at that time. She's one of the one of the people, one of the founders who built built the walls and built that brand into a cultural icon and she set an example of leadership that was really inclusive. A lot of the things that we talk about now she was encouraging and doing at the time. So she, you know, a great example of that is it is Judy was never happier than, you know, to be in a boardroom with all of her executives, the head programmers, the head developers, the producers. And she would insist that interns and assistants and young people in talent departments and creative people be invited into the room, not only just to listen and to be a part of it and to learn, but also to contribute. And she was never happier than when the best idea would come from, you know, someone answering phones. Hmm. The intern with the Mohawk, the she, she's just like that where she felt at the time and, and, and sort of encouraged us all to have a voice and to have a unique voice and to and to and to use it and to be distinctive. Um, and she and she, you know, I, did, I think at the time they created something called spot bonuses. So if you were an assistant in the room and you had the best idea and it didn't matter if your idea beat an executive, an executive vice president's idea, Yours would win. Best idea wins, and then they would spot bonus employees who had a had a big idea, and you got to stay with the project. So it was the culture. It was the culture of that company at the time.
0: How have relationships like that one with maybe people who uh, have been leaders in your life, or or uh, or now you as a leader in other people's lives, and a mentor to other people? How important have those types
2: of relationships been for you in your career? Oh, God. They've they've been everything. (laughs) It's so interesting. I spent the early part of my career thinking, I need everyone to sort of see and understand me and what it is I'm trying to say. And the truth is, that never happens. You just need a few people and the right people Hmm. to see you, like-minded people. There's there's really no replacement. There's no getting around that you need to be working with like-minded people. You share values and ideas and a work ethic and a goal you're all equally as passionate. So in various chapters, you know, it all happens in chapters, but in various chapters, the right people, I don't know if it was everyone, but the right people saw me at the right time. And they were pretty, you know, those mentors were pretty, um, they were great. They moved me forward. They were the ones to say, Hey, I think you can do this. It wasn't, it wasn't me knocking down their door saying, Hey, I'd like a new opportunity. Sure. they would sure. you know they would come to me and encourage me they would see it in me and encourage me and I'm so fortunate that that's the case
0: this episode of the show is brought to you by indeed we are driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all it's to match and match with indeed if you need to hire you need this platform guys I'm telling you indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors you know, contributing factors to the success that you've been able to see, Casey, what what stands out to you as being kind of the 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 top of that list? Meaning that there's countless, countless numbers of people who want to have some sort of a, a career, sustainable career in entertainment. And uh, there's not that many people that end up having that type of career. And, and, and you've, you've been one of them, been able to Produce stuff, you know, like with Bill Murray and with The Rock, and to produce a lip sync battle, which has been a hit show. And uh, you've had so many different, uh, just success after success after success. And now uh, you're working on recently has two Emmy nominations, and you've just been doing this for a couple of decades at an extremely high level. What 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 would you contribute? That what would you, what would you contribute that to?
2: Um, a a real love for the creative community Mm. a real love for i guess if you look across the sort of the list that you've been going through it isn't just music it isn't just comedy it isn't just sort of award shows it's just i guess it's two things it's a love of the creative community like a real respect for what they do and thanks to my sort of my corporate upbringing Understanding audiences and how they relate to those people, and and if you're the person in between, you know, the, the the fans love the fans love these comedians or musicians or actors and their work, and we have the ability to stage these great moments or these great nights or these big entertainment properties. And I, th- I think I think long I think longevity one, one you have to love the community and you have to love the content and you have to really respect that connection of the which is precious. it's sort of rarefied air that exists between you know, celebrities and their fans. And I think my, so you have to be grounded in that. but I think that my success from there has come from over the years, sort of understanding what it is I wouldn't be good at and kind of staying true to the people that I am genuinely drawn to. I think I'm I'm probably a muse person. you know, I I think writers, You know, often have muses or artists have muses, but I I think I'm coming to understand that I'm the same way. So when I meet someone and I sort of see them or I relate to them in some way or I respect the person that they are on top of the art and I just, you know, you, you kind of have to fall in love a little because creating these things from scratch with partners like the ones that you're describing they are trusting us. Like if you're if you're working with a Dwayne Johnson, he's his name is on it too as a co-creator and a producer. Um, he has a brand of his own. It's really important to him. It's really important to the fans. He stands for something really specific in the world, and you have to love that thing and protect that brand and the, his message and the way that he would want the story told with your life. You really you really have to take their reputation as seriously as you take yours. And the, and the, the best way to guarantee that that's gonna happen is to be a fan of their work yourself. Mm, yeah. So I tend to work with people that I adore. I adore Dwayne, he is the real thing. He's yeah. the real thing. He's as spectacular as everyone thinks he is. People respond to him in the way that they do in mass because he's very grounded in those principles. That he shares, um, he is a spectacular. You can only imagine if that person is in your corner and your partner, the things that you might be able to do together. So, sure. I think it has to be grounded in a respect for their path, their journey, what it is they stand for, and then you're sort of the you're the architect, right? You you really you really um, have to sort of protect them. And and what ends up happening over the years is you build a level of trust and respect as new things, you know come to pass or new projects come to pass, you sort of get very excited about, you know, growing those, growing those relationships and doing new things and new genres with, with those, with, with the people that you love. So I, I, I tend to stick pretty close to the people that I respect as human beings. Now this last, you know, this last, I would say five years or so, I'm really, really selective. I have no interest in volume. Which my you know agents and everyone around you don't like to hear. <laughs> um, sure, sure. No interest in volume whatsoever. I just all about quality, qu- quality of the product, but also now I'm more focused on quality of the experience we have together. Hmm. Yeah, I am very fortunate to be here, and I think it's important to carve out enough time and breathing room when making things to enjoy the making of things and enjoy the people that you're doing it
0: with. I love love that answer. And it comes down to the core concept of our entire show's existence, which is relationships are at the root of everything. And, And you, you said it best in saying that, you know, over time you build trust, you build respect for one another and, that's how that longevity is 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 sustained over over that long of a period of time. And congrats to you and all the success you've been seeing. Congrats on the recent Emmy nominations. That's amazing. Um, oh,
2: thank those. you. Those are those are very meaningful to us because they were born of charity and born of the moment we were nominated for the West Wing special for, to benefit When We All Vote, which is Mrs. Obama's nonpartisan voting organization that was genuinely doing God's work in this last election on trying to overcome the obstacles of the pandemic and voting, but also overcome the decibel of the, of the division and the misinformation. Um, and as you can imagine, when you can't get out there, boots on the ground and knock on doors and gather in mass, how, what an extraordinary challenge that was for them at the time um, and I'm, I'm so grateful to Aaron Sorkin and that cast and Mrs. Obama and Valerie Jarrett and that team for the partnership there because we were able to it was a content that we're very proud of and we I'm thrilled that it's being recognized and nominated by the Emmys but um, the real win is I think we were able to do some good in a really difficult time so that this one is I've been nominated Um, A few times, but this this one is um, particularly meaningful.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that's 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 the awesome thing about what you've been able to do so far, Casey. Is is that now a lot of the projects you're able to take on or things like you said, that are about quality and enriching the lives of everybody around you and those that don't even know that you're the one behind the scenes pulling a lot of the strings and, and you'll you know, you'll know never know uh, in this life the impact that you're able to have on those people. So I appreciate you for everything you do in the world. I know you got to go. I know you got a lot of things on your plate, so I don't want to uh, continue taking up your time. But uh, this has been a pleasure sitting down and, and having a conversation with you. Hopefully we can maybe do it again in the future um, in studio or something like that.
2: Thanks so much for having me. Really nice.